The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Find out about all of SeaDeck's amazing standard and customizable applications online at www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. Recognized as the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Golden Mike Podcast, everybody. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Mano, recording from sunny Orlando, Florida, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by O'Brien Water Sports. For over 50 years, O'Brien's been creating products specifically for the ultimate and family fun on the water. Wakeboards, wake surfers, skis, kneeboards, tubes, and just about anything to help make your time on the water more fun and memorable. See the entire O'Brien line right now online at O'Brien.com. Episode 54 is today, and as special as that is, I am so pumped to announce that I am back on iTunes, and you can find me by searching the Golden Mike Podcast. Remember, Mike, spelled M-I-C. Be sure to find me, subscribe to the podcast, both on your iPhone and computer and iPad and iPod, if that's what you use. Better yet, subscribe from all of your devices. Guys, it's free. I'm psyched to be back on iTunes, and I know now I have a better chance of reaching even more Toad Water Sports enthusiasts like myself and all of y'all. Find me and subscribe, guys. Rate the show and leave an iTunes review. It's super important and way too easy. If you are already listening to me through the iTunes podcast app, please re-subscribe. It's an all-new Golden Mike Podcast iTunes account. If you already rated and reviewed the show, please re-rate it and re-review the show. Guys, it means so much to me personally to get your help, but for the sake of the sponsors and the water sports fans and enthusiasts who may not have heard of this podcast yet, help them become aware of it by helping gain more exposure of water sports' only regular audio source of excellence, the Golden Mike Podcast with your host, the noise of the North, Dan of the Mano. Hey, that's me and my guest. A gentleman from Ireland who's been riding and competing now for over a decade. Today, Team O'Brien pro rider David O'Keefe joins me at my home in Orlando, Florida. David is, in my opinion, Ireland's most recognizable wakeboarder of all time. Throughout his career, he's had some luck in some of the world's biggest contests, including this past summer when he edged out the many-time European national title holder Massey Pifferetti, winning David's second consecutive European championship. David and I got to take a little shred on the lake just before we recorded the interview, and in appropriate style, we had some fun kooking out a little bit on the lake. 
We rode some trick skis, a disc, I barefooted, and David attempted to slalom the course, and all while pouring down rain. That's Florida style, baby. And if you know anything about David O'Keefe or follow his media at all, then you guys probably already knew all that because you probably already saw the greatest day ever on David's YouTube channel. You see, David, above free riding, training, and competing, David O'Keefe, he's been establishing himself in the YouTube community. Over the last 18 months, David has consistently been releasing videos and all kinds of videos, from instructionals to vlogs to fun wake-isodes to kooky fun on the water. Some are really awesome, and some are really awesome just to see he tried. It's just like this podcast. You can't hit a home run every time, but what you can do is produce and deliver. And that's what I see David doing right now. We talk all about that and more, so I'm stoked for you guys to meet or just to hear David O'Keefe for the first time. But before we get into that, I want to do a quick recap on my trip to the Philippines for the 2016 WWA Wake Park Worlds, which were held just a few weeks back. I'll start with the flight. The major part of the trip was from Atlanta to Tokyo, about 14 hours, then about a five-hour flight from Tokyo to Manila. We spent the night in Manila, and we took an early flight the next day from Manila to Naga, which I believe is an island, and it's where Camp Sur Water Sports Complex, or CWC, is located. The park is rad. I'll start with accommodations. There are cabins on site and tons of them. I estimate over 100, but I'm not sure I even saw the whole entire property. The cabins, they reminded me of summer camp as a kid, but nicer and literally walking distance from the cable. But who needs to walk when everyone can ride a scooter? Everyone was riding scooters, like little Vespa-type machines. Pretty crazy and pretty fun-looking, but I wouldn't really know too much because I wasn't one of the ones riding one. The cable park is insane. Built by former governor and now Congressman L. Ray Villafuerte and son current governor Migs Villafuerte, it seems like they thought about every detail to keep a rider happy. Not only a full-size cable with more features than any other park I've seen, but they also have four very uniquely well-thought-out two-tower lakes, and again, to my knowledge, the only quad-pool two-tower setup in the world, all done with concrete, Perfectly built and again, very well thought out designs and setups. The contest was awesome. There was close to 30 countries representing and for me it was super funky, fresh to meet all these top names that I've only read about or seen on the internet in the past. Also met some new people there, a la the future of the sport and if this Wake Park Worlds was a glimpse into the future, well then a bright one we should have. I got to spend a lot of time with the king of the cable himself, Tom Fouché. In fact, we recorded a new episode, which will start off the 2017 season. I was stoked for Gunther Oka out there who won everything, both traditional and features, as well as overall in both. It was a good weekend for Gunther Oka, bringing home a lot of money. And if Gunther keeps it up, he could be on his way to Rider of the Year very soon. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened uh, sooner than later. Another note from the contest, the last 20 minutes of the event got postponed until 5.30 the morning after the contest was supposed to end due to torrential rain pour. It was a bummer, but it all worked out. 
So we got to see pro men and pro women features finals. I don't know how they rode so well so early in the morning, but man, it was impressive. One more note, Julia Rick from Germany won her fourth consecutive WWA world title. Girl's a beast out there, so be sure to look her up, guys. Uh, on, on that social media feed, I've never seen a woman who can perform on the water the way she does. Also, a big congratulations to Andrew Pastora, who took the win in a pro wakeskate. Uh, before we went home, we spent one more night in Manila. Since all the work was done, we had a chance to get a little loose, but not too loose. Went to a shopping mall and uh, had a couple of drinks and went to some cowboy bar. Why not go all the way around the world to go to a Texas-style cowboy bar with the king of the cable, Texas-bred Tom Fouché? I'll have to say the leg from Manila to Tokyo was a little rough the next day, but it was all worth it. Had a great time. Guys, go check out the World Wake Association's Facebook page and scroll through it. I'm sure you can find videos from the Wake Park Worlds. And I was pumped. I actually hosted a bunch of them. I'll try to repost them on my feeds as soon as I can. Just a reminder, the Golden Mike podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly and is always available on iTunes and online at noiseofthenorth.com. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. CDEC Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, GoPuck, O'Brien Water Sports, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belts, and LeadWake.com. Be sure to follow me, tag me, tweet me on social media, Instagram at DanoTMano, on Twitter at TheDanoTMano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. And be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. You guys can also always reach me through email, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. Okay, on to today's audio montage. It's from the 2016 Nautique WWA Wake Park National Championships held in Orlando, Florida. The contest opened up the month of August and was stop one on the WWA's Wake Park World Series. Both amateurs and pros rode, in fact, more than 300 participants were involved in the event. So have a listen, and then I'll be back with my guest, David O'Keefe, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Tom Fouché, the king of the cable, one of the organizers of this weekend's event. Dude, talk a little bit about how you thought the contest went. Oh, man, it was absolutely unreal to uh, crank out, you know, 375 different rides. Actually, even more than that, this whole weekend, you know, is a, is a feat to overcome, especially with the rain. But, uh, you know, Orlando Water Sports staff and the WWA, Playcast, Brad, all those crew with Points Chase, um, there's no better crew that was going to be able to make it happen. And then the riding, obviously, phenomenal. I mean, could have been a better national championship. I'm Barrett Swope, and I'm 11 years old from Houston, Texas, and I won Novice Wakeboard. Hey, guys, I'm Joey Gallagher. I'm 15 years old from Deerfield Beach, Florida. Just took the win in the junior men division. I had a great time and the setup was awesome. I'm Callaway Ford. I'm 17 years old from Terminus Wake Park in Atlanta, Georgia. 
I took the win in Open Women, and I couldn't be more excited. Hey, this is Darren Shapiro from Orlando Water Sports Complex. I won the Masters Division first place. Hey, I'm Riley Dillon. I'm from Ontario, Canada. Uh, I'm 15 years old, and I won the boys category today. My name is Bo Porter. I'm from Annapolis, Maryland. I'm 12 years old. I just won the beginner division for points chase. Hi, my name is Cole Harms. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I ride for LWC, 20 years old. Took first place in open men's, and I couldn't be more excited. My name is Gavin Stuckey. I'm from Orlando, Florida. I ride at OWC. I'm 10 years old, and I won Am Skate in traditional and features only in nine and under. My name is Trent Stuckey. I'm from Orlando, Florida, and I just won the advanced division and the points chase national contest. My name is Spencer Barron. Uh, I'm from New Braunfels, Texas. I'm 15 years old, and I won the Rockstar Kicker Comp with the Mute Roll the Blind. My name is Finn Bullock Womble. I'm 11 years old. I'm from North Carolina. I won the Intermediate Division in Points Chase Nationals. Cody Hess, you went out, you did the double half cab back mob, and you ended up winning the Rockstar Energy Big Air Kicker Contest. Dude, on fire today, man. How does it feel? And talk about some of the other riders out there. What pushed you to do that? It feels good. Uh, Yunel set the tone with the 1080 right off the bat. Got me excited, and I just went out and did my thing. The Goose, George Daniels. Man, the competition in the wake skate division was stiff, but how does it feel to win? Uh, it feels really good. You know, this is my hometown park. You know, I ride up here like every weekend, and then having some guys come down from Miami, Ohio, and the guys, those guys are actually killing it on the wake skate tour too as well. So to take a victory against them, and you know, it's pretty, pretty huge. Julia Rick. I'm, I'm very stoked to win and coming all the way from Germany, not having much time to practice, um, yeah, was a high level of riding and I'm just so stoked to get the win. Yonel Cohen, you had your work cut out for you in the features only division. You had Tom Fouché and Gunther Oka out there. You took a win. How does it feel? And it feels great to come out here since I was like born and uh, finally pays off, you know, beating these guys is insane. And um, they, they freaking work so hard and it just, like crazy for me that I just won the uh, second time, so pretty stoked with these. I am standing here with the third place of finisher and features only and the traditional cable national champion, Gunther Oka. How does it feel to take a national title in the pro division? Oh, it was great, like, especially after my first pro win at Feast this year and coming to nationals, like, I definitely wanted to, you know, get in the top three spots and that's exactly what I did. So I was able to take the victory in traditional and then get third in features. So it was just like nonstop riding the whole entire weekend and it was pretty stoked to come out on top for that one. For over 50 years, O'Brien has been creating products specifically for the ultimate and family fun on the water. Knowing your time at the lake is cherished, O'Brien's mission is to bring you the absolute most pleasure possible to make memories that last a lifetime. Quality, performance, and value are the pillars the O'Brien name has been famous for for now more than five decades. Like O'Brien on Facebook and follow on Instagram at O'Brien Watersports. Check out O'Brien.com to see the entire 2016 lineup of products Product, dealers near you, team, blog, and more. Again, that's O'Brien.com. O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. Say your name and spell your name out if you would. Alright, so my name is David O'Hui, and it's nothing like it's spelled. It's spelled O apostrophe C A O I M H. Very nice. And where exactly are you from? 
I'm from Dublin, Ireland. So the, the main capital, the city in Ireland. It's a beautiful place. Okay, so it's like Dublin, Ireland. Is that is that more north or south? It's like it's actually like kind of directly in the middle on the east coast, but it's the south of Ireland. So it would be like the Republic of Ireland if you're gonna call it that. Okay, because I I recall when I was in Ireland, I'm. You the, were, yeah. Yes, I was. It was a long time ago, I 2007. But um, I recall there was like a whole thing, and obviously like the history, the north and the south, and stuff like that. How is how's everything these days? Yeah, no, everything these days is absolutely perfect. So you were in Enniskillen, which is just beyond the border, but it's in Northern Ireland. Um, but that's there's no troubles or anything anymore, um, and that's an unreal place as well. I still go there wakeboarding all the time. So they're so they're still doing events there. Uh, they still not that was like a big event I can't remember like I remember like Daniel Watkins and everyone came over yeah, for that I think a wake jam or something yeah wake jam yeah, yeah. Um, it had that wake jam I think that was the last year we did it we haven't done it since then but they still do like we've had Irish nationals on that same strip of water and usually there's like a contest every year there yeah, that, but that, there was a castle in the background yeah. there, and it's class, isn't but it? I I do remember, and hopefully it's not like a touchy subject or anything, no, no, but no, I no. do remember there was like there's some history at that castle and stuff, right? Yeah, I th- honestly I don't know what the history is, but uh, we had a lot of like yeah, there was the troubles in Ireland, which is long gone now. Uh, there's only a small like maybe less than one percent of people would even have an op- like an opinion on it nowadays. It's just kind of in the past, cool. um, but yeah, so there there was troubles, and I guess because that's the border area, it would have been like. Like a touchy spot, I guess. Yeah, well, the thing was, the guys that I um, came out to Ireland for that were running the wake jam back then, they they put the pedal to the metal in the car and they said, we're not stopping even if we get pulled over. And I was like, why? And they go, well, we're from the north and I must have landed in Dublin. Yeah, no, that's why. So it's just the thing. So instead of like speeding fines and stuff in Ireland, we get, or in most of Europe, we get penalty points. So it's like, if you get 12 points, you lose your license. So, but points can't cross into different countries so the the south of ireland and the north of ireland is different so when they're in the south they can speed all they want and they won't get in trouble and it's the same when we're in the north that's it's like uh no man's land yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's actually really good when you are up north because you just don't really have to care hey dude so when did you um so you came in for the surf expo uh we're recording this here early september when did you get into orlando how was the flight over yeah the flight over was good i came in literally the day before expo um, so I've been here like a week now, a little less than a week, um, which is, it's been really good. Expo was amazing. I was there at the O'Brien booth and then actually one of my friends has a flip-flop brand called Don's Flip-Flops and he just had a booth there and that was, he did amazingly there. So we we're really happy with that. Um, so I was, yeah, just knocking around Expo. Nice. You uh, you collecting those frequent flyer miles? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I usually just get the cheapest flight, so I, it can be on or off. But yeah, again, if you get the odd upgrade, which is nice. Who are you flying with most? Mostly, if I go over here to Met, Flying Blue is like the the network that I would get the the miles. But usually when I come here, it's like American Airlines, which I think might be a different or United. It's usually a, they're a different one, I think. Yeah, I, I've been flying a lot of Delta. Yeah, that's that's why all the wakeboarders seem to fly Delta. Yeah, they? I don't I don't really know why everybody flies the Delta, but yeah. uh, I I I will tell you it was worth it. Okay, dude, I've been traveling around for. 12 years announcing events and over the last couple of years I finally started collecting my miles and it paid off on our trip over to Korea I've been bragging about this for months I saw the Instagram posts and everything yeah yeah like a handful of us all got upgraded to first class uh, which as you would say was class yeah exactly that is you're getting the lingo now Dano I I know the crack yeah exactly you do know the crack (laughs) for all the lads and lassies out there that is awesome that's amazing yeah man well dude how about this 
this Orlando heat. This has got to be something special for you. You liking it? Yeah, I'm sweating though. You can probably see already. Constantly sunburned, but I'm loving it. It's uh, it's really nice. It's like good and humid as well, which most people don't like. But a bit of dry heat can kind of be, I don't know, it's like not nice on the skin. So it's kind of nice to get the humidity. But yeah, it's exhausting though. I find my energy is like way less in the heat. Like in a cold country, I'm like far more energetic. Yeah, what do they what do they say? It's good for your metabolism being in the cold or something. Yeah, probably. I guess you're shivering and I stuff. May have, and just, I may have made that up. Maybe, but I mean, it would make sense, kind of. I don't know. What about the tan, dude? You working on that? You guys- <laughs> I mean, I'm Irish. It's mostly burned. But yeah, I, I've actually been getting a little bit of color in the last few days, um, which is awesome. I watch... Um, I watch all of your stuff on YouTube and stuff like that. And it's so funny to see how cold Ireland looks and how white you and all yeah, your, yeah, exactly, uh, your yeah. riding mates are. That's and awesome. Thank you for watching them. But yeah, no, we're all pretty pale, pasty white people. Yeah. Like really, really just like the whitest skin you've ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's cool, man. Well, so something I see in a lot of your, your videos is you talking about the big American wakes, big wakes. You said you always talk when you get over to the America, the States, you're yeah. going to get behind um, the, the big wakes. So, so talk about that, dude. You, you ride it at home. I, okay, first of all, I think the Australians are also riding big wakes so don't yeah. just blame yeah, yeah no 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 <laughs> but obviously just the america orlando it's the mecca like it's where you are it's where all the pros are it's like it's the place to be really like well traditionally it's the place to be um but yeah so the big wakes is obviously in ireland we don't have very many big boats in fact in our country we have one x-star and one g23 and i've ridden on like both of them once each um so most of the boats we ride would be like 21-foot boats, whether that's like an X1 or 210 or something along those lines. So it's really nice to kind of come over here, get on like one of those like 24-foot boats. Yesterday I rode in a 25-foot Malibu, which was like enormous. So who, Okay, so who are you riding with while you're here in America? Um, I'm kind of riding all over the place. So normally I would ride down in Winterhaven at Chain Wakes with Stu Mackey and them. But I was riding there today, but I've just kind of been trying to, with the daily uploads and stuff, just kind of trying to do different things. So I was riding at Freedom Wake Park yesterday. Um, in the morning I was riding with a guy called Kurt I don't actually know his second Kurt Robertson is he yeah down in on the same lake as Dean and Cl- yeah Claremont. from New Zealand yes exactly he's okay. an old schooler yeah, yeah. Kurt's been down in Florida since like 1996 yeah. he was saying like 20 years yeah so one of my friends used to actually coach at the wakeboard school or wakeboard camp with him and so they met up and I went along and had a good little shred there Nice, nice, but you haven't had the opportunity to get out and ride with any of, like, the big dogs? I'm hoping to, so I was on to Dean, but Dean's a little bit hurt at the moment, so hopefully going to ride with him later in the week. Um, I'm going to go on to, like, Massey now this afternoon, maybe hit up there tomorrow. Massey so. Pifferetti? Absolutely, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I figure, I would think that you'd be a guy that a lot of people would want to ride with once you came to America. Just, you you bring kind of a different style and, and, a, and a different element kind of to wakeboarding. I think it would be, I think... It would be cool to, to have the opportunity to ride with you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Well, I'd love the opportunity to ride with them. So if they're even slightly interested, then 100% up sure. for going there. Like, I mean, I want to see those guys ride and just like enjoy enjoy watching some top quality wakeboarding. So what's it like for you when you get behind these big wakes? Because I watch you ride and when I, when I see you ride, I think you have all the tech, you have all the tricks and... I'm not going to say you don't have any style because you do have, you've got kind of an Irish style to, to what you do. And it's just, it's a little bit different. I'm sure you're not riding with too many people that are that much better than you. And you probably get most of your um, content of other riders who are better than just watching on, on um, YouTube and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, looking at your, obviously a lot of your stuff you do grab, but okay, I would just say trick for trick. If you were to compare your chromobe to someone like Dean Smith's chromobe, Dean's Massive. grabbing the nose, hanging on to that nose until the last second, taking it so far out into the flats. But at the same token, Dean's riding huge G-wakes yeah, no, all the time. Well, I mean, Dean's like nearly the worst example because he's literally like my favorite pro waiter to watch. Like, I, I'm not, as a person, he's just like the nicest guy. Um, but I would like to like, Whereas a lot of people would maybe ride like really like that's kind of different because that's like some Randall Harris stuff right there where he just boots into the wake, but for me like my riding and st- like I do try I, I definitely don't grab enough I'm fully aware and I wish I would grab more and I am working on it, but where I like to do is like playful stuff more like Nick Davies if you remember like a few years ago that was a huge inspire or Parks Bonifay like kind of the older school tricks and just like popping around like TikTok and into takeoffs and all that stuff is like my favorite like genuinely anything slightly different is my favorite stuff like everyone's like oh well like you don't grab like a chromo 5 but like in my like the way i see is like everyone doesn't know grab chromo 5 i don't like i wouldn't even do a chromo 5 in a contest really because it's not consistent enough in all honesty um but in my free riding, in my free time, I like to play rather than like do like big old steez. Like I'd love to, and I don't get me wrong, I love watching it. But just for me personally, playful stuff is what gets me buzzing. Hey man, it, it's wakeboarding, and at the end of the day, it should be fun, and it should be fun for you, and it shouldn't really matter what anybody else is doing. And and then the reality is, is no matter what anybody says, you're inspiring others to get out there. You're getting more eyes on the sport. And what what else is important is you're getting more feet and boots and more butts and boat seats. You know? <laughs> I like that. Thank you very much. That's a good compliment to get from you as well. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, man. Well, for sure. So let's 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 start talking about um, Ireland. So you're from Dublin, Ireland. So yeah. mid Ireland. So. Um, uh, what's the scene like? Is there a north scene? Is there a south scene? Is it everybody together? It's We're really lucky. It's everyone together, geographically speaking. Now, there's definitely two things. There's a boat scene and there's a cable scene. And they do cross over certain elements. I'm involved heavily in both of them. Um, but for sure, I would say, emerging in the last few years, the cable scene is like the one to look out for. Uh, we don't have any full-size cables, just System 2s. We have three across the country. Um, and they do a series, it comes from the UK, it stems from over there, they do a grassroots tour, and that is phenomenal. Like They have to cap the entrances at 55 people because they run it on one day. There's always like at least 10 people in the queue to, to get into the contest, and that is like my favourite, like probably my favourite. There's one at the start of October, and I'm actually so keen to go to it because it's every time I go, because it's only new cable in Ireland, like two years, and now there's like genuinely people doing mobs and stuff off kickers and like pressing out in the boxes and it's unreal. Yeah, obviously, you know, it seems like Europe is kind of where the whole cable scene truly started to take off. Um, I look at cable back in the old days like it was just a tool, training wheels to, to keep you on the water. So did I, yeah, absolutely. But the level is, has come so far. It's and insane. It, it, is, it is insane. And, and truthfully, it is, um, it is the future of the sport. But I still look at cable as every young cable rider is a potential future boat buyer. Because, absolutely. you know, and, I, and I'm, I would assume it's the same way in Ireland. You know, when it, when it comes down to wakeboarding, you, you, most people started because they got into the boat with their family and it is nice to go to the cable and have that opportunity to ride alone. But chances are you're going to get to the point again in your life where you want to 
have a little private session with the family and your people and absolutely and even with us in our like for where i ride mostly is there's a club 15 minutes from where i live and there's an x1 there and it's like it's a family thing like my parents are like we're involved in the club and actually my dad still is but my dad wouldn't go there every day but where the people who work there and the people who go there every day we have a barbecue it's like that kind of just like I guess like camaraderie, even though I hate that word, is is what it is about for me, and that's on the boat for sure. And that is our our club there is unreal, and that's kind of my favorite bit. Yeah. Do you do you think that like boat sales is there a, a chance for boat sales to ever kind of rise in Ireland? In a hundred percent. Do you know why they haven't sold? And this is like getting so into like economics, but there was obviously a crash worldwide, but it hit Ireland super bad. We had huge inflation with property and property prices were so high and everyone ended up in negative equity. And only like in the last, I'd say six months, we're properly coming out of it. And so in America, there's a culture to to have everything on finance and like cars on finance everything's on finance over here whereas in ireland like we're kind of known as the what we call the stingy nation so we won't buy anything we can't afford so the problem is the only people who buy boats are people who can buy a hundred and fifty thousand dollar boat outright so there's no finance however i spoke speaking to some of the boat distributors and dealers in ireland and they've said that there's banks coming to them now with finance available so i think with that coming up i think and now also i mean we're hugely in europe influenced by what goes on in the states a hundred percent so like for example like those trampoline rooms they were over here for the last 10 years in the last three years there's loads of them in europe so i think now we're seeing this as like, oh, we can have that stuff that we can't really afford now. And I think people will get finance and then I think boat sales will increase. On top of just the economy increasing, uh, big companies like Google, Apple, all them are coming into Ireland and that's just more money in the economy. Well, I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing because I do remember when I was there in 2007, the shorelines were packed. There was tons of people there. I know that Toad Water Sports in general is big there, yeah. not just wakeboarding. There's Absol- no, absolutely big yeah. water ski events that go out on yeah. there. You guys have great athletes. So, absolutely. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully uh, it does grow and hopefully more people do get the opportunity to get those boats on the water. And speaking of the water, I mean, you guys have beautiful so, lakes and rivers. See where I am. So I'm from Dublin and I live in Dublin, but where I kind of spend my summer is in the Midlands. Um, and it's a small county. It's called County Cavan. And there's 365 lakes, one for wow. every day of the year. So, And there's, they're everywhere. Like, I could throw a stone from one lake to another. It's, it's kind of like Florida, but just really cold. Well, you guys don't have 365 <laughs> days a year to, to ride. And that, and that was something else I wanted to, to touch on was the weather. Um, you know, uh, you and I were out on my lake earlier today before recording this. And it's Florida. We get a little bit of rain every day, but it's not so bad when it's warm out, right? Yeah, exactly. It's warm rain, as we call it. Yeah. It is cold. The rain's not as bad as people, I guess, think stereotypically. Like, we get rain, but what happens is it might only, it will be for like six hours in a day, but we can have a break. And so when that half an hour break comes, you can't hum and haul and go get food. You just have to hit it hard then. Um, However, it is cold, and that's the biggest thing. So we can kind of only properly like whiteboard where you can progress from maybe april to october and then after that it's just too cold hey, well that's kind of like where i grew up in the chicago land uh, wisconsin yeah. border up north in america and you know you you get a you're lucky if you get some april yeah. you got to be dedicated though so what's too cold for you too, I, there hasn't been a too cold i'll be quite honest so since i was about i'd say 
12 or 13 when I kind of started like really getting into my wakeboarding. And you're like 22 right now. 22 right now, yeah. So maybe 10 years ago, um, I was obviously based in Ireland. I went to school in Ireland. And so then at weekends, I like kind of just wakeboarded and it was really cold and there was like three or four of us that would go out every single weekend. So it would be like zero degrees Celsius. And like, I actually swear this happened one time, like my dad went mental at me and he never gets angry because we were like breaking the ice with the boat to go out wakeboarding. And that was like kind of the coldest I've ever been out in. But you can, like the thing is, you know, it's actually so, I actually nearly prefer wakeboarding in the winter because in the summer, like when you do it as a career or profession, you can get quite frustrated with yourself when you're not progressing or when you're not doing the stuff you can do. Whereas in the winter, you genuinely only go out because you really want to go out and wakeboard and just get back into the water uh, or on top of the water. So that is kind of the thing. So when you're out there in the winter, you're just enjoying it. You're not trying your hard tricks. You're just playing. And that goes back to the playful stuff in the style. That all came from the winter, just doing a 15-minute set without getting wet. So I'm not... And you can't bend in a 5 mil wetsuit in the freezing cold. So that's why you got to find other, other stylish things to do, I guess. Dude, something else I noticed when talking to you is you talk a lot about your dad and it sounds to me like your family has a lot of influence on, on your wakeboarding. So was your dad into water skiing or wakeboarding before you were born? How did you and your family get into the sport and yeah. when? So, yeah. So, um, my parents were actually into wakeboarding exactly. So they used to windsurf. So kind of in the water sports industry and um, did a lot of that. And then what happened was we bought a caravan, which is like in Ireland, a lot of people buy them maybe two hours from where they live. They go there at the weekends um, on a lake in the Midlands where I would go now. Um, but it was never windy enough on the lake for windsurfing. And then about when I, that was when I was like two. And so then when I was about four or five, a neighbor moved in. He had one of those old Stars and Stripes Mastercrafts. Um, and he took us out. He took us out wakeboarding or water skiing at the time and just did that and just fell in love with it and then just kept doing it every summer. Not that seriously, just like I'd say hundreds and hundreds of thousands of families across America, Australia, everywhere, just go out on the weekends. It's exactly like that. And then just kind of kept progressing and then did a contest and then there you go. So do you remember like when your first contest was? Yeah, I think I was 10 um, and my mom phoned up the, like the guys running the contest and they're like, listen, our son wants to do a competition. Um, and they were like, okay, yeah, no, brilliant. Bring him along. Like everyone in Wayborn, just come along, give it a go. And I went and I ended up winning, which was like crazy. I was much better. I thought, cause I couldn't do any flips, but I could do all the basics, like wake to wake, wake to wake, one eighties, grabs, everything like that. And then all the other guys couldn't do as much. But what the big difference was is one or two of them could do flips, but they might've done a flip, but only got like three tricks in. And that was when that sticks with me today is like my motto in weightboarding for comp competitive weightboarding is consistency is the game. And that, and that was what happened then. I didn't fall and I won basically at a default from not winning, from not falling. But that's the same thing now. You, like you've announced at the big contest, you can't fall or it's game over. Well, not anymore. And, and the events that I announced for the WWA, especially in the pro men's division, Absolutely. it's quality over quantity. So you yeah. only have four tricks down and four tricks back. You have a total of eight tricks yeah. in your entire run eight tricks and yeah falls don't count against you but when yeah. when you're trying to, to ride against harley clifford or Corey tunison yeah. or any of the can't mike dowdy one of them yeah you, you can't fall if no. you if you want to be on the podium anymore really uh, no you really can't like if you're what if you fall last trick you've only seven versus eight and like you say when you're against those guys it's just a no-go 
Well, I want to talk about your, your kind of approach to wakeboarding as a career. Now, uh, I look back at you and I look at you and I look back on the, the history books and I remember you winning either, was it junior men amateur or junior pro? Junior pro. So junior men pro in Orlando and that must have been the kickoff to 2012 or 2013. Yeah. And I came, I don't know if you remember, I came third in that one, I think. Um, and yeah, so I actually, what probably you don't know, or a lot of people don't know is I did have a go at doing the whole, like what I guess would be the stereotypical thing come to Orlando, do the pro tour. So I came over when I was, I, I went to university for a year and hated it. And then I was like kind of humming and hawing what to do. And then I eventually just kind of sacked it in and took a risk. It kind of against my parents' will, came out here for a year and wakeboarded. And I was here trying to progress. And my riding came on loads, but I just didn't really like, I know this sounds terrible, but I just didn't really love it here. Like as much as I loved, doing what I was doing before and doing the whole scene here it's a lot different and I guess it didn't suit me so then I went home after like more or less a year of being here and I was like all right need to re restructure things I don't know like it didn't really happen like that but when I look back looking back at it that's what happened and so I started doing a lot of other stuff I decided I did I didn't want to go through the system at home of going school university job and I didn't want to go through the system of like come over here do the junior pro tour do the pro tour and just continue doing that because what I found was the more time I spent here doing those contests would only result in me being here more and then I kind of like Europe and stuff which is like I love it here but I wouldn't want to live here I definitely want to live at home yeah well it's, it's got to be a little bit easier too to be a professional wakeboarder being the best in Ireland and everything like that and being a big fish in kind of a smaller pond hundred percent getting lost in the mix over here. Yeah, no, I'd never shy that's hundred percent true. I'd never shy away from that. Um, and it is that's the thing. The level here is it is higher than what I'm at for sure. Um, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily it, say that, dude. I think I, I think that you're at a pretty high level when it comes to your riding. I think there's some things you could definitely um maybe slightly improve on uh, yeah. if you want to compare yourself up against, you know, yeah. some of these other, some of these other names who are quote unquote, the top names in the sport. Exactly. But you know, you, you, you bring other things to the table and, you know, so, you, so you're a competitor, but you also on the other side, you're a member of the kind of the DIY nation, the do it yourself, um, you know, uh, family right now. And, and I'm kind of like that as well. Yeah. And, and what, what, what you're doing right now is very cool, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. You're you're kind of making your way through the YouTube ranks. Um, there aren't too there. There's plenty of people posting videos on YouTube. Yeah. But what kind of sets you and I apart from other people? And hate to to give away kind of <laughs> some of the secrets here, but we're consistent, man. That's it. Consistency is the game. It and goes back you to it. And, and on the water and off the water, and yeah, you have absolutely, consistently. Yeah for over a year put out videos yeah. um and and i i've been consistently getting these podcast episodes yeah. out i i promised two a month and i delivered and then two people a month. watch them and then they watch the next one or listen to the next one that's it's yeah consistency is the growth of it for sure um and that and that's the thing for sure is i guess like you say i've been doing that for a year now and then what i found was like each time i did a video 
it's like that thing Casey Neistat always said. I don't know. He's like one of the biggest YouTubers in the world. He has this motto, which is just keep uploading. And that is definitely the thing. So for example, if let's say you're only going to get, even if it's 200 views, go back to basics. If you're only going to get 200 views, 200 views is more than zero views. So it's definitely worth just doing it over and over again. And then when you do, I'm sure you get loads of positive feedback. When you get that, that just is like throwing petrol on the fire. Okay, so how often are you posting? Um, So I have been posting about once a week for the last year. And then this week I started doing, four days ago, I started doing daily uploads. Um, I'm going to do it for the rest of the trip here, see how it goes. But I think I'll start doing definitely two or three videos a week now. Okay, so like where do you come up with your ideas for your videos? Um... In my brain, I have no idea to be honest. They just kind of, I guess, like today, for example, I arrived here and you had loads of toys there, and I was like, oh, best day ever. But yeah, usually, like some of them, for example, uh, I mean, how to's is easy. You ask people, I put it on like Snapchat, Instagram, whatever. I say, what do you guys want to learn? And then you film a how to, and then it's it's that simple. And um, then when you get to more creative stuff, like one of them, I did BMX wakeboarding, which I got zeached on. Um, that was literally just a guy rocked up with that. He had made it at home the night before, and I was like, I want to try that. And then I was like, if I'm going to try it, I might as well like document it and then just put it out there. So it's just like that kind of. Uh, okay, so have you ever recorded something, spent a bunch of time on it, get to the editing room and just yeah. this didn't work out? Yeah, YouTube fails. They have an old, I had one today, actually, yeah. Um, it happens for sure. You just kind of... I've done it, I mean, but I will then always go back, and I won't like lose an upload to it you know what I mean so I'd go back and do it again so I wouldn't just quit and leave it I'd like it's kind of like a trick it's like falling on a weightboard it's like if you fall you might leave it for the night but then tomorrow you go out and try it so that's kind of my mindset with it I don't want to just leave it on the table because if an idea is good I definitely want to materialize it sure so like what have you found to be like your most popular stuff and like what's your what's your most hit video so, so the most hit video i think is like a how to back roll maybe um or how to wakeboard behind a ski boat so that that's an obvious one for me because i always wakeboard on small wakes um but for sure so i find uh there's a difference between viral and like fully engaged videos so like viral videos like they'll have a viral effect where um let's say you do like the wakeboarding behind a ski boat loads of people will tag their friends in it their friend will watch it but then they might never watch you again but they're kind of like clickbait then when you do like i used to do like i still do a series called wakeisodes which is kind of like more like a vlog or a video blog um kind of style to it what that is is you get more people they're really actually fans and supporters rather than people watching it once off like and i would know because like I would feel the same way about watching other people's like I my biggest inspiration is other YouTubers so I look forward to watching their vlogs and so I guess if people feel that way about my ones then that's probably the most valuable um following to have really Hey Golden Mike podcast listeners we're going to take a quick break so I can tell you all about my friends from Leadwake Leadwake bags are designed with wake surfers and wake borders in mind Leadwake bags are designed perfectly to be stacked and placed in tight spaces. Custom-designed Leadwake bags are easy to shift around in your boat and will help clean up any wake without having to fill excess water bags or move your friends around. You can buy Leadwake bags in multiple sizes, but I recommend the 50-pounders, and so do some of the biggest names in wake, including Danny Harf and Sean Murray, just to name a couple. 
Ledwake ships free anywhere inside the USA, so don't miss out this holiday season. You can find out more online at ledwake.com. That's L-E-A-D-W-A-K-E.com. And now back to more on the Golden Mike Podcast. So you're doing you're doing all of those videos, plus you're doing the wake episodes, uh, and I also think I saw something on your page on your YouTube page. I watched one of them. Uh, it was like a twenty three one of three video series that you did or a TV. Oh show yeah, yeah, we did a TV. Yeah, it, I'm, I, I've got a lot of stuff going on. It's kind of like yeah. the Irish Wake Brother. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of a little bit different. Like I preferred Wake Brothers to be honest. And um, watching yourself is kind of cringy, but um, no, Wake Brothers is awesome. That's um, so funny because yeah. you're probably the only one who thinks that. <laughs> really? Did no one like it? I really enjoyed it. It, it didn't even. I don't even. Think I know it, it didn't do that well, but like, I mean, but it was just enjoyable to watch, I guess. Yeah. Um. But no, yeah. So we did like two. We did two things. So the first year we did a project with an Irish TV station where we did like a little mini documentary. Um. It was really cringeworthy. Myself and the producer halfway through were like kind of over it, but then we were told, like, listen, we're, we were like, listen, we're halfway through, let's finish this, put it out, and then we'll do something, do what we want to do the next year. So the following year then, which was just last year, 2015, we did a three-part TV series, um, which was just three little 25-minute videos um, or episodes, and it was just kind of like fly on the wall. We did like a road trip across Germany, and um, it was like a competition, just kind of like... It's actually, to be honest, it's kind of similar to the YouTube stuff now, just filmed from someone else rather right. than selfie cam. D- DIY. Yeah, and it was documented, just a documentation. Save, really, yeah. save yourself about 10 grand yeah, and yeah, do it yourself, exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. So did those did those three videos ever um, show like on Irish TV yeah, or anything? they showed on Irish TV. Each of them got 80,000 views. So, I mean, that's phenomenal for pro- projecting the sport in Ireland. And then on top of that... Uh, with the promotion coming up to it, you do a lot of PR, you're on radio, like every day, you do two or three radio gigs on other TV stations, on like interviews, newspapers, so we got a lot of publicity out of it, um, which is just, for me, that was like the biggest thing for this, but it wasn't very core, I wouldn't show it to another wakeboarder, but for like people in Ireland, it was awesome. No, dude, you know what, I, I think it is cool, and I think what you do is cool, and I think that sometimes... um. You got to be your own your own person, you know. If everybody just yeah. follows the same path, you know, it's just it's going to get stale at a certain point and if if some little kid thinks what you're doing is cool, it's cool, it's exactly. cool. No, you know? no, that's exactly and I get positive feedback and that you don't need is some awful. 25-year-old dude. No, 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 you're right. You're <laughs> right. Well, I think too many too many times we think including myself and when I started this out I was too influenced by what other pros thought because I looked up to them. Whereas now I'm way more influenced by what the messages I receive say that's yep. for sure. Let, but let me just tell you something: when when other pros come to realize that you have a hundred videos out and a hundred thousand followers on YouTube, yeah, well, if we get there, you're gonna they're gonna start looking yeah. up to you. You know, well, that's it. Hopefully, and and I think I hundred I genuinely believe that in four years' time, even less, nearly half the pros will have YouTube channels because I think the ones coming up are gonna be like that's cool like and that's what you need to do because sponsors it makes so much sense i did like a thing i've had like 1.4 million views this year on just on just videos across facebook youtube instagram that's so valuable to sponsors and you've been able to monetize off yeah, it a little exactly bit. yeah mon- like, yeah i mean yeah, it's not loads but it's exactly you can monetize off it but where you really monetize is sponsors and this week 
I was at Expo and I was speaking to O'Brien and they kind of, their eyes opened up to it. I, ha- I did like a little kind of like documentation of it, a presentation I'll call it, with like all the views, like where it's geographically coming from. And then they, like O'Brien was just like, wow, like this is really good stuff. And that's, and that that is what's going to happen. I think it's the way social influences, I think it's the way it's going you can follow someone on Instagram, I think, but then when you're listening to their podcast or watching their videos, you're more invested in it. And therefore, like, I know it's horrible to say, but at the end of the day, you're more likely to buy their product or service, whatever sure. they're selling. So that, for sure, I think is more valuable to sponsors. Hey, let's get back to some some contest stuff I want to talk about with you. Um, your most honored titles. Like, what are, what are you most proud of winning? Uh, my most proud one was literally two weeks ago. European Championships were in Irish National, uh, we're in Ireland. So obviously, but I'll explain, there's a whole story to it. So for the last like four years, Massey Pifferetti has been the European champion. He gets like great rewards and stuff and it's it's awesome. And it's like, he is the forefront of wakeboarding in Europe, to be fair, from a competitive level, we all look up to him. Then what happened was last year they were in Holland, 2015, and Massey was over at the X Games at the same time, so he didn't come to them. At that time, I was riding like the best I ever rode. Went out and I won the European. So I was like absolutely buzzing. But it was 100% without a shadow of a doubt a hollow victory because like Massey wasn't there. So And then it left a lot of questions. People were like, oh, David did so well. But I wonder would he have been able to do it if Massey had been there. Then this year, they were saying, okay, Europeans is in Ireland. So I was like, wow, this is cool. I like, get to defend my European title in Ireland. And then like a week before, literally like the week before, Massey FaceTime me. He's like, hey man, I'm flying into Ireland. Where's the best place? And I was like, no way, he's coming. Like that is awesome news. And everyone was like, oh, I bet David's like really scared. And I was like, like, listen, a challenge, never shy away from a challenge. So he came over and we rode and basically it was like a lot of long, hard rounds. Like the level in Europe is very, very good. And yeah, we got to the finals and then I kind of strategically put myself off the dock earlier in the heat because I was in a heat with him in semi-finals and so I purposely went through second in the heat because I wanted because I got to watch him and I went through second because I thought he might crack under pressure this is so like harsh and brutal what I did but that, that's the competition well, so like what do you do you just go out and like just fall did, on a trick or just no not fall just did so instead of doing like a nine I think I did a seven or whatever but did enough to beat the guy who was I think it was top three through so I did enough to make sure I was through but not enough to be ahead of Massey um, and also I mean if I tried to beat Massey in semis I might have fallen and not gone through at all so it was probably a safer move to do but then when we got to finals I just, so I was, I think, second off the dock, had a good ride. I did make one mistake. I fell in the slim five, but then I got back up and landed it. I did like whirly five, toe nine, toe back seven, heel seven, like, and then a load of other stuff. And then Massey was last off the dock and I was kind of like, okay, like I was watching like, okay, come on. Like, you know, when you've done your, it's actually horrible not to be last off the dock because you have to watch and you can't change anything about it. Um, but he went out and he also made like one or two mistakes with like he did like where he does the rewind back one off the 360 he just he didn't turn it um, but he also had a good ride like toe nine nose grab crow five uh, like I think he did a heel seven uh, I'm trying to think what else he left maybe another mobile five he had a really good ride blind Pete or a Pete uh, he, did, he did he did G spot how do you blind Pete it might have been a different story um, but then they left it like an like nearly an hour of tension there was like a circle around me because I'm in Ireland I'm in my home spot and then the result came through and I beat him by 0.2 um, and that was 100% without a doubt probably the best moment in my life as well because it answered a lot of questions it was in Ireland 
and it was just a like a really good moment. So that's the one hundred, maybe not the most prestigious one, but definitely the biggest moment for me, anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. you. you you won uh, against your rival from from Europe, and exactly, you yeah. also beat the IWWF yeah. world, world champion. champion. That was the other thing. So in the meantime, he became world champion. Yeah, I forgot about that bit too. Now, did you compete at the IWWF? I did. World I Sons? had a complete nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I ended up. I got knocked out in semis. I think I was in with Dean and uh, Mike and someone else, and I just didn't get through. I fell. I think on a back seven. Okay, so I noticed you ride a lot of IWWF events, but I am the announcer of just about every major WWE event yeah, that goes around the world, yeah. including the World Series, um, the the W or the uh, Nautique Wake Series, the Malibu Evolution Pro Series, and you seem to be missing from all of those events. Yeah, I and don't. I and I, and I don't like. I don't want to. It's. I'm not about controversy or anything like that. But I want to hear your thoughts and. I, you know, I'm not going to judge you any differently, no, That's fine. but yeah. I, I mean, I, I would like to hear it and I'm sure there's other people, probably including people to WWE who wonder, because I look at you, you are the best out of Ireland and I think you should be riding at what I think are the best events in the world, which are WWE events. And if you have a different opinion or whatever, that's fine. But I definitely love to hear. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. And so I want to first of all say my focus, my main focus is YouTube. And that is like my vision from now. Um, but I still compete. And so where should I compete is the question, basically. Um, and I think the, the reason I don't do the WWE events, there's two reasons. One is... Um, I mean, I guess, like I said, it's the system. Like, everyone does it, and I know they're the best competitions. Actually, there's three reasons. One is I probably wouldn't do as well. So, it, like you say, it's nicer to be a big fish in a small pond. And I'm not, like, that's not a good thing, but it is what it is, I guess. Then the second is, it, it as I said, it's the system, and I'm not that keen on sticking to the system. I don't know what it is. Like, I guess... Just being over here, like I would end up being here so much and it would just be like a huge thing. And that kind of leads into the third one, which is the main reason. And that's like the financial side of it, which is a lot of people forget or a lot of people think the wakeboarders are like rich and make loads of money, but that's not really the case. And so for me to come and do, because I would be based in Ireland, like I couldn't afford to live here full time for sure. Because at home I live with my parents, I don't pay rent, I don't really pay very many groceries, so like I save a ton of money. If I was living here, I'd have to rent, I'd be riding the bigger way because it would cost more, because we run our boats on LPG at home, so it's a lot cheaper. So then I'd have to fly over. So each event would probably cost me nearly $4,000 to go to. So that's a huge expense, like crazy money that would end up being like 30 or 40 thousand dollars a year which i just don't have to blow on going to contest now the other question or the other thing i remember i think i had a chat with harley clifford about it and he was like yeah but you'd make it back but the risk versus the reward like i don't really know if it if it would be worth it and i don't know if that's the the best i couldn't make as much youtube videos if i did that because i'd be traveling more and I just don't know if... I don't know. It's a weird thing. I For sure, I 100% agree. The level is higher over here. I don't doubt that. They're cooler. I'd rather watch a WWE final than an IWWF. Yeah, but you know what? But it just depends. And there are a handful of IWWF events where the... where The, the World Cups are unbelievable. And I do them, for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've just never, never really done... Maybe I will do one or two if they come back to Portugal or something like that. But I just won't really I also had a bad experience with it and this is quite brutal and I'm not trying to cause controversy but when I came over that one year and did the tried to do the WWA like the pro tour at the time 
I did the Pro Tour qualifier event in Freedom Wake Park. Um, really good event, ran well. I think you podiumed, right? I came second, yeah. And then I didn't get, I got a pro card and now I just didn't get invited to any of the stops. And I was like, that's a bit weird. And then on like a Tuesday, I got invited to one of the pro tour stops, like towards the end, like the third or fourth one. Oh yeah, but the, but the pro tour. Yeah, I know totally there was, like, I know, yeah, it's gone or whatever. But it's anyway. like a totally different operation than yeah. like the WWA Exactly. Stuff, but, but yeah, no, 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 I know. And I know, and I'm not trying to blame anyone or anything, but yeah, so I just had a bad experience. I spent all that money doing it. I was told, because I rang up, um, I think it was Bonnier at the time. I don't even know if sure. I don't really know how it is. And I said, listen, how can at I At the time do it? it would have been, yeah. And I said, how can I get on like the Pro Tour and all that? And they explained exactly how to do it. I came first. My friend Sam Carn from England came. I came second. He came first. And neither of us got invited. And we were like, well, how are we supposed to do this? So then at that stage, I was like, this is, I, I was kind of in a huff. I was like, well, this is all clicky. Screw this. I'm going to go do my own thing. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that probably happened in, in hindsight. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, we'd love to, personally, I'd love to see more of you and more of Sam Karn. And I think it's always awesome when guys like you show up at events and you guys blow people's minds because no, you guys, nobody has any idea of what to expect from you guys. And then the level. Yeah. It's insane. You guys yeah, are no, really good. No, riders. no, and thank you very much. Thank you. No, I'm for sure. I'm not trying to be like bitter. I just realized thinking back that might have sounded bitter. I'm not bitter at all. Like, a, like I respect and I love watching all the. Like I love when the finals goes up, the final runs and stuff. Like I love that, and I watch the live feeds at the Masters and stuff. But yeah, I guess it's just not really for me. I'm well, enjoying. I think as the I think as the WWE events kind of progress and with with now now the the World Wake the World Wake Association is known now. Um, broke away from Bonnier and the Pro Wake Tour, which at the time was Mastercraft, and it's now the Supra Pro Wake Tour. So um, the Nautique Wake Series and the Malibu Evolution Pro Series are part of the Wakeboard World Series, and that's a whole different company running that than the uh, the Pro Tour. Um, But yeah, I mean, everything, it's, it's, I mean, there's only a handful of of people getting paid out at these events, but there's also, you know, gosh, I remember back in the old days when I first started announcing there'd be 60 pros challenging for you know like 12 or spots into the top 32 or something like that and now we're lucky if we get a total of you know yeah. 30 40 and, pros. and i'd say it's just money as well like i mean yeah it is and it like you can make money in this sport i'm not like you wouldn't but you really do have to be at the top i guess yeah or do it that way or creative or creative and that's that's the way i want to go down that's the definitely the the route i want to go hey man so Another subject, I hope it's not super sore with you. I, I don't mind anything sore throw at me. I like it. I <laughs> so love that. I want to talk about Wegs each. Wegs each, yeah. Yep. Definitely. Okay, first sore. of all, I got to ask, do you pay these guys? <laughs> I know, I'm getting loads of free publicity, haven't I? <laughs> that's, that's amazing, dude. Like, they, they, I, I don't really follow it too much. Yeah. Um, every now and then, I'll, I'll pop it up and see it. I'm always waiting to see my photo yeah, pop know, up or yeah. something like that. But, um, you know... I don't know. To me, it's like, to me, it's like, okay, they might be making fun of you, but they've got a pretty good following, and every no, time they do that, not everybody there is just is there just to rip on well, people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Know? And what I do as well is like, this is really like conniving of me, but I reply to every single person who comments underneath it, and you gain followers. Like I think on the last one, I gained like a hundred followers from it because. So that that is like I was just like oh guys check out the video or whatever but yeah I get on it and I completely respect that I mean if you think in like I don't know what it's like over here with like American football or anything like that but there's like what we call the tabloids which is basically people blow stories out of proportion or they like make them different than they are 
um, and they make fun of it and they cause controversy. And I think controversy is best, the best thing ever because it gets people talking. And some of the stuff they post is really funny too. Like I, I'm not saying like riding a BMX on like an old wakeboard is a cool thing. Like I don't think it is either, but it's just a fun thing. And that's, that's at the end of the day. Well, I mean, it's not like you're out trying to be like, okay, guys. I'm prototyping this because yeah, this no. is coming out next month. Exactly, no, and I think and there uh, and like I think I'm trying to remember. One of them was like a skit from a video I did a how-to video. I was explaining like the progressive edge or something, and they're like, uh, "Nice technique, Dave," or whatever. And I like I was like, th- they mean it lightheartedly. They're not trying to sabotage my career or anything. It's just a bit of banter, really. So I, I'm a hundred percent supportive of it for sure. So like, never like ever bring you down or hit, like hit cl- too close to home or anything. No, like that? No, 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 no. I mean, you gotta let that stuff go over your head. I mean, I've got some hate before is like you with anything when you do this type of thing you do get hate and uh, i don't know if you've had any but i definitely have and like you just gotta let it go over your head because well, of, of course i have and yeah. you know there's I, I look through at the industry right now and i see people coming up who act just the same way that i did and and you know obviously i'm a bit more serious about what i do now yeah. but you know beginning of my career i was very clownish and goofy and i'm still always you know down yeah. to have a good time and, and make laughs at my personal expense as well but uh yeah. but i definitely you know try to be responsible and and you know obviously take uh what i do uh, as as serious as i possibly yeah. can and you do a great job of it all right, so dude, I want to find out a little bit more about Ireland. Are there any riders to watch out for? For sure. So we have um, we have two European champions. So we have myself, and then there's a guy called Peter Stewart. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Petey Stewart? Petey Stewart, yeah. He used to be out here a bit in America. Um, really cool guy, and he's unreal. So he's over 30, so he's master's men. But, I mean, he's still doing, like, heel sevens, toe sevens, like, slim chance, KGBs, everything. And he's got, like, a really nice style. It goes big. Uh, we like we might not have the biggest number of weightboarders, but we certainly have like a really high level. So we have like a bunch of people who can do sevens and nines and mob fives and big stylish tricks. So yeah, I'd say like the main names without like stepping on anyone's toes or from forgetting anyone, but I'd say like Pete Stewart, um, David Coates, uh, Paul Johnston, and maybe Sean Hurst as well. That's like kind of our main riders, I guess. Yeah, no, I've heard all of those names are yeah. been announced for every one of yeah. those guys or girls at least one or two times. So. Exactly. So yeah, so we have, and we have some. I think our biggest thing is we have some like some kids coming up. Particularly, there's this one family there. These kids called the Zebedees, and they're they're like I think eleven and twelve, and they would like literally be this level. Like I think that, and they're good on the boat and the cable. So they're what, are, awesome. what are the events like? I mean, are there, I know you, the Europeans were held out there. I think yeah. Irish nationals is another event I heard about. Yeah. Uh, what else? I know on, on, on one of your YouTube videos, I saw chill and ride, but I don't know if that was yeah. in Ireland. No, that's not. in Germany. Yeah. That's an awesome, it's but kind it of like a bro stock. <laughs> it's a bro stock. Yeah. It's awesome. It's like a bro stock type style. So there's like maybe, I think there was 80 boats this year in the water wow. and you just wait up and down. And there's a huge crowd. Cause they get like, some famous German DJs in, so then like loads of people from the area come down. I mean, like literally like eight thousand, and not like an eight thousand or like eight or ten thousand, but not like there was a ten thousand people who came through. Like ten thousand people at once watching. Like it's it's phenomenal. That's big. Are there any events in Ireland other than the Europeans and the Nationals? Well, I spoke briefly about the Grassroots Tour. That's sure. kind of I guess a big one. Um, and then yeah, there might be like one or two other small events, but they're the kind of Nationals and Grassroots are the main two. 
Cool, man. Hey, so moving forward, what are your plans? Like, how are you going to keep growing the sport in Ireland? Um, okay, yeah. So I guess it's just videos is a huge thing. Um, I hopefully are going to do some collabs with some other Irish YouTubers, which are, then I guess will get people people's eyes on the sport and then maybe try it. On top of that, I guess, like, videos is my, my main thing. I do a lot of coaching as well. So, I mean, that's, I guess, a lot of pros probably do that. But I do that more around the world than Ireland. I also have, like, an online coaching site. So I guess just kind of hands-on and then hands-off, like, just through, like, videos, computer, all that stuff, try and just grow as much as I can. Cool. So you got some YouTube projects coming up there. Any other, any other projects that you're working on? At the moment, um, nothing nothing particularly, no. no. Just, I guess, getting out the footage from what yeah, we did earlier today. Exactly, huh? getting the footage. That's the thing. I mean, daily uploads, I guess that's my biggest thing. Um, just continuing making, creating good content. As long as the subscribers keep engaging and growing, then I'll just keep doing it. And then, yeah, that's it. Cool, man. All right, brother. So um, bef- but while you're still in the States, are you going to be back in the U.S. anytime in 2016? Not 2016. 2017 will hopefully come out for like a month, maybe in February or something like that. Cool. So um, who are you going to try to ride with? Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping to go ride maybe with Dean later this week, Massey. Um, I guess just kind of whoever is around. I'm not really sure. I, if anyone's up for riding, I guess, and they're listening to this, hit me up. Um, in February. Yeah, exactly. In February. this episode is probably going to release in... November or oh, December. That's I don't perfect. Know. <laughs> yeah, in February, if you're listening and you've got a big wake and you want to do some wakeboard and have a good time, then or let's or go. even if you have a small wake, yeah, right? Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had a good day today and we we're on the ski boat all day. That's right, man. Cool. All right. Uh, before I let you go, let all the people who are listening know uh, where they can find any of your content, what your content is, what you want them to watch out for. Yeah. Okay. So, well, thank you for that opportunity. Uh, well, thank you first of all. In case I don't get to say it, thank you for having me on, for having me over. Like it was last minute, but like so glad I came and I really appreciate it. And I'm missing the tash. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess my like my handle as such is just David O'Queeves. It's D A V I D O C A O I M H. It's a really hard name to spell. Um, but yeah, just I have like a YouTube channel, David O'Queeve Weightboarder. My videos are I do a mixture of how to videos. Uh, like vlog type stuff, challenges. So I like try like, I don't know, weightboarding on a BMX bike or uh, weightboarding behind jet skis, see what tricks are, are possible. And just kind of, just try and make fun videos that are enjoyable for people to watch and kind of give an insight into the lifestyle of like a pro weightboarder. Cool, man. Um, any other social media? Anything else that we... Uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, yeah, uh, and YouTube. That's the main ones, I guess. Cool. Sponsor love. O'Brien Whiteboards, Thongs Flip Flops, Extreme Jean, and Nissan, and then the last one, Wake Fury, it's a new clothing sponsor. So yeah, massive thank you to them for the huge support. Without them, I wouldn't be able to do anything. And for sure, for sticking with me and through my different path. Thank you, guys. Cool, man. Hey, well, if there's anything else, you just shoot me an email or a Facebook message, All and right, awesome. uh, I'll be sure to get that message out for everybody right. after this is done. Sweet. David! Thanks, dude. Thank you so much, Dan. I really, 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 really appreciate you having me on and like and respect for everything that you do as well in the sport. Appreciate it, man. All right, folks, y'all hang tight. We'll be right back with more here on the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
Woodrose is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrose handcrafted wooden and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO, M-A-N-O-3-0 at Woodrose.com for 30% off everything. That's W-O-O-D-R-O-Z-E dot com. GoPuck is a mountable, compact, durable, and portable rapid charging battery. The technology behind GoPuck started in the IndyCar racing industry, and now they're bringing their passion about light, fast, and powerful products to the world of action sports. GoPuck allows you to stay connected, capture priceless moments, and most importantly, enjoy mobile freedom. The GoPuck can hold up to five rapid charges. If you know me, you know I don't go anywhere without mine. GoPuck is available at Performance Ski and Surf or online at GoPuck.com. Use promo code MANO2016 for an extra 20% off at GoPuck.com. That's GoPuck.com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. Well, I hope you all enjoyed the conversation with David O'Keefe. A little follow-up if you don't follow him yet. Just a few days post-recording, David had the chance to ride some big wakes with Dean Smith and rode away from his first wake-to-wake 1080. So congrats to Dave on that, and uh, thanks for stopping by, hanging, and talking, and letting us get to know you a little better. Now, if you guys haven't seen his YouTube channel, go look it up, subscribe, and support a fellow aspiring do-it-yourself internet personality. It's getting cold, people. Come see me while you can. That's right. I have a few more scheduled events this year. This coming weekend, Saturday, November 19th, I'm at Navy Pier in downtown Chicago for the Chicago Toy and Game Fair. I'll be announcing the Illinois State Yo-Yo Contest right down there. It's going to be my fourth year in a row. Then, Saturday and Sunday, December 3rd and 4th, in Orlando at the Orlando Water Sports Complex for their annual Slider Spectacular event. Going to be a good one as last year we had close to 80 riders. Fingers crossed the weather cooperates on all that. The following Friday, December 9th, I'm going to be hosting the Nautique Dealer Awards at their annual dealer meeting. So look forward to seeing any of you industry folks invited to that who happen to be listening at the moment. If any of you guys, my listeners, are interested in having me announce, commentate, or appear at your next event, or just any question in general, you guys can always email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com, or message me through the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. I'm back on iTunes, so make sure you guys all find me and subscribe. Rate, review the show, and tell a friend about the podcast. That's my holiday season wish. Follow me on Twitter at the Dano T Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike on Instagram at Dano T Mano. And be sure to like and share the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. One more thank you to David O'Queef. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors and the folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, O'Brien, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics. 
Boulder Boats, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Lead Wake, Jenna Hamill on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Romano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.